Hello, this is uh, April the 8th, 2019. This is Drive Time, the podcast. That is podcast, right? Not podcast. <laughs> this is the podcast that is me driving home, talking about some of the random stuff in uh, my life. So, yes, this is going to be a quick hit. Uh, usually I try to, de- to um, really develop one big theme of what I talk about during a, during a drive time. Um, but I think that uh, maybe a quick hit's version is good so let's talk a little bit about the news so 2019 is off with a bang people have died people have moved on um a lot of movie stars a lot of things in game avengers in game is coming out in about two weeks at this point i'm super stoked me and my wife saw um infinity war again uh we we bought the movie when it came out and we just watched it again yesterday really want to know where they go with it um the good thing about these Mar- Marvel movies is that the plot keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. There's so much more. Um, to use an analogy of an onion, you take off one of the outer layers and there's more and more layers to peel off. And uh, I think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing a great job of doing that. They, they open up an idea, they drop an Easter egg, they put some hints, they do some exposition, four or five minutes in one movie, and that leads into a bigger part of the next movie, while that movie, again, unfolds. Biggest thing uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Easter eggs. That one dealt a lot with the Power Stone. So they start talking about Infinity Stones and what they are and how they do things. So they unwrapped the outer layer of the onion, and then next thing you know, Guardians of the Galaxy talked um, I mean, not Guardians of the Galaxy, but um, you know, Doctor Strange talked about the Time Stone and specifically dealing with that stone and its repercussions, its powers. Um, you know, we're talking about Marvel right now, but by all means, I want to get into some personal stuff and also move on to some other things. So um, I don't think I'll be running in Beach to Bay this year. It was one of the uh, ones that I really wanted to uh, run. Uh, it was one of the ones that I really needed to take care of. and. Uh, Unfortunately, it doesn't look like um, how I have a team to run with this year. So I am super bummed out. Like, I am just ultimately bummed out. The team leader uh, of the team didn't have enough people, apparently. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's sad. Because I really thought that we would be able to, to go down there and make a good memory again of, of Beach to Bay. I, I mean, I, it, it seems like every other year I'm running it now, so... Maybe by the time I'm 40, I, I would have ran every leg, but uh, definitely a goal that I am trying to um, piece together. Um, I had so much fun last year running it, so I think I, I might have to do a um, auxiliary run just to get out. Maybe take uh, Lynette and the boys and Rachie, Rachel, my, my daughter. Uh, I call her Rachie or Ray Ray or just Ray because she's bright like the sun. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was thinking, you know, one of those individuals or all of them come out um, and watch daddy run uh, so anyway um, maybe that's at the end of this year maybe they go to the Huntsville uh, with us maybe you know I can have a good time with the boys uh, in Huntsville that would be amazing actually I think that would be something that's pretty near and dear I think I actually have a plan I am going to plan a trip to Huntsville uh, that weekend to go and run that race and to uh, to watch the campus walk the campus go see the duck ponds with the boys oh i think me and lynette would really love it i think we'd fall in love with it again uh and maybe even have you know my my in-laws uh, kathy and jimmy uh mom and dad is what i like to call them <laughs> um come out too because they always seem to be pretty positive with traveling and, and showing up uh, i know if i ask my parents they may or may not go um but yeah just you know have a good a good time out there to, to run and uh and have have a really good time and you know, might be a little loud for Rachie at the finish line, so, um, you know, Rachel could probably spend a little bit of time with uh, Aunt Brittany, who lives in Huntsville, and Uncle Eric, who lives in Huntsville, my brother-in-law and my sister, the little sister, baby sister. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, that's a good idea, so I'm, I'm thinking about switching gears and playing that. On the topic of running, I am starting to develop a running schedule, so Monday afternoons, I think I'll run, um, followed by Wednesday mornings. Uh, followed by Friday afternoons, Friday nights, essentially. And, and then Saturday I get off early, so uh, I think it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Monday, and Wednesday. So, uh, you know, you, you have time in there. And I'm going to switch it up. I'm not going to really run on Friday and, I mean, on Saturday and Sunday. 
simply because I, my Sundays are really packed and it usually is really full. So I'm thinking Mondays is going to be my long distance. Um, Wednesdays will probably be like my speed run, uh, maybe on a track. Uh, Thursday and Friday was going to be, you know, LDS, long, slow distance. Um, uh, LSD, I'm sorry. I know it's the drug most people associate with, but LSD, long, slow distance. And, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about getting back in the groove. I'll probably start off with two to three miles every day um, for probably the first three weeks. And then I'll move into longer 40-minute runs, 45-minute um, runs, something like that. I'm starting to work out my work schedule to where in the afternoons I can I can do other things. So I have been selling with Andreas a little bit, um, you know, kind of kind of dabbling in and things like that. So I'm thinking if I could get maybe a, a Tuesday and a Wednesday off at nights, I could do selling two times a week, Monday run, uh, Thursday uh, I run, uh, maybe take Friday off and then run Saturday, come back off on Sunday, you know, three to Three to five days a week is really my target. Um, I'm not going to be upset if I just run three days a week for the first two to three weeks and then add a fourth day and, and then a, a ultimately build up to a fifth day. And these are the dog days of summer here. You know, this is, this is the, these are the days where, um, you know, you're going to have to give in. So, uh, again, along with my running schedule, I'd like to have um, different types of food made and prepared already. Things like macaroni and cheese, um, macaroni and cheese, which is a carb, rice, which is a carb, chicken, which is high protein, and then maybe some fruit signs like a Jello fruit or or Rice Krispie treats or you know something else that's again that's starchy, but um, something that's high running. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to get to a point to where I'm starting to make uh, chicken and pasta. Um, you know, pasta and just you know raw chicken, not raw chicken, but boiled chicken or sautéed chicken. Um, and then maybe just a little bit of cream sauce um, with it, you know, something that's consistent that I can make a lot of, that I can freeze and then take to work and microwave back up. Um, that's really the goal here is to make a meal plan at least four or five days and try to um, lose weight through dieting while also, uh, you know, putting in some miles, putting in some work and, and really changing my, my, my habits um, for the better, for, for, you know, my family, for myself. Um, South Texas is beautiful. As I drive through South Texas, and again, I, I, I come through these, some of these back roads when I'm driving home, and you, know, you just see cattle out here eating grass and grazing, and it really makes you love your state. And I love my state of Texas. Um, it's just beautiful. If you've never spent the time to just kind of amaze or uh, admire uh, your surrounding, do so. Because one of these days, you're gonna be living in another part of the country along for the days or the days you just won't be able to go out at night or in the afternoons you may be confined to a wheelchair or God forbid sitting in a hospital bed and those days where you drove by something so beautiful you just never had the opportunity to see it so breathe it in every now and then and that's why I run um, you know I run because I run through scenery that is captivating and interesting and nice uh, by the way mosquitoes are coming uh, again, these are quick hits, so another thing that I'm talking about, mosquitoes are coming, and me and the boys and, and Lynette are starting to plant catnip and uh, lemongrass along with lavender uh, around the house. That way, it can, the smell can ward off at least the majority of the mosquitoes that will be coming this summer. So we're going to go ahead and try and, uh, and see if that's something that uh, is going to yield uh, to be productive. I hope this year it can give us some relief. Last year was pretty pretty hard. Uh, pretty difficult, and uh, I think my boys have already been getting bit a little bit. They're so sweet, so that you know they're so sweet, so mosquitoes love them. But um, yeah, you know the running thing, getting getting a plan together for the fall time for our um, the Sam Houston State um, Bearcats. I think it was Bearcat Bolt is what it was called. I do need to go ahead and pick three more. So um, right now it's not looking like. Well, actually, I kind of want to take a vacation the week after so I think that's Saturday I'm going to run a 5k uh, you know just go ahead and find one enter in and run it um, the week after that so that'd be January March Ooh, I'm late April so January March so if I'm only gonna do three this year then um, I'll split it in the quarters during March so yeah April um, May June July August so I have May June July and August um, to really put in some work during the during the winter I mean winter ah, 
during the summertime, and then fall is going to be probably Bearcat Bolt, and then December. And I really want to run a Christmas light one. I know we went back to running, but um, you know, I, I get excited about those kinds of things. I really do enjoy it, and uh, it's fun. I like to set a good example for my children, and um, you know, it's not. It's not like I'm powerlifting. It's not like Daddy, you know, he's out there, you know, doing it. But it's something I enjoy, something I can put work in and make my life that much better, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, you know, just putting in the work. Trying to get there to where at the end of this year, maybe I'm 10 to 15 pounds lighter. Um, you know, I have a routine that is uh, successful, and I would see results from it. Because I mean, right now, I'm about 190 pounds. Um, I definitely would like to be in the 175 range um, going into December uh, and then coming around next year I definitely would like to, to drop another 10 to 15 pounds so within a year probably about you know, 20 to 30 pounds um, I, I would feel really comfortable with that I would really want that to be healthy again just showing the example showing it for my children um, being a positive example for them and I mean I know it's not a lot and I know it's not much but um, it, it, it is something you know it is something that way you know we can have a healthier mindset and I think a lot of it's gonna be the diet so um, next thing was I watched or read the reviews for WrestleMania and it was about seven and a half hours long um, again I had made a podcast recently about um, WrestleMania and about how it's the biggest event of the year for the WWE, the entertainment, you know, World Wrestling Federation or World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, the company. And it, again, all the people that I thought would win would win. Um, Brock Lesnar, who is a guy who just literally just holds the Universal title, doesn't wrestle. He just kind of, you know, is billed as the biggest beast or whatever it is. I mean, he's he's kind of overweight, and uh, you know, he's trying to gear up for another UFC fight because I guess he's done both WWE and the UFC so um, so Seth Rollins defeated him and I don't like Seth Rollins at all so I could really care less I don't want him Brock to keep the strap to be honest with you um, that, you know that way next year Roman Reigns can come over here and start you know playing with it but um, next thing was uh, Becky Lynch won over Ronda Rousey who I absolutely hate and Charlotte Flair who is right there with uh, Ronda Rousey don't like Charlotte because she's just given everything. I mean, she's a good worker. Um, I just, they push her so much, you know, they just, they push her to death. Uh, when I mean push, I mean like they, they expose her, they give her all the opportunities to try and make people like her. They give her the, the professional push for success. Um, and, and you know, like I said, Becky Lynch is just, you know, an Irish person who is fucking badass and she deserved it. She, you know, she's a good worker. She paid her dues. She's uh, gone through a lot of bad storylines and misuse, and now she finally found the Stone Cold persona that is um, it's really good. Um, a lot of the other cards on the match, I think the other one was Kofi Mania. Kofi Kingston defeated Daniel Bryant, uh, which is ironic because Daniel Bryant, a couple years ago, they were billing him as a, a B-plus player, a person who shouldn't be uh, the champion, who has to jump through hoops in order to get there, and... You know, you're just not going to be the number one guy. You're going to be the guy who's in C. You're going to be the third place guy. You're the supporting role, that kind of thing. They use the same storyline with Kofi Kingston. And, um, and you know, it's interesting because it works, obviously. The whole, every, the universe, the crowd, the, the fans were behind it. But at the same time, it's just, um, it's just a little interesting. It really is. It's just kind of interesting. Um, that Kofi Kingston would find himself in the same situation and going through the same booking, the same storyline that Daniel Bryant had, um, you know, maybe three, five, three to five years ago. Again, Daniel Bryant was out of wrestling for probably about a year, two years uh, with a concussion, CTE concussion, uh, too many concussions, and his brain was dangerous and WWE didn't want any of that exposure so they kind of pulled the card on him. Daniel Bryan never gave up on it and now he's was uh, formerly the, uh, the WWE champion um, and again it's just a feel good story. Uh, stories like this that Kofi Kingston comes out of nowhere and uh, he gets an opportunity, gets a shot, he makes 
um, a hell of a, a way. He's um, got great charisma, uh, good skills, and uh, that's one of the main reasons why a lot of people knew uh, that this WrestleMania was going to be his. But he didn't go on last. He went on maybe third to last. And um, like I said, Brock Lesnar started off the show and said, well, you know, if I'm not going to go on last, I'm going on first. Matches like right now. So, you know, it became one of those things. But, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed reading their views on WrestleMania. I enjoyed listening to, uh, you know, the various YouTube talking heads talk about it. Uh, Cultaholic, join us. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a good time. It, it was a good time. I just, uh, personally really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the storyline. I enjoyed the idea that, you know, they, they made it, they made it right. And, um, and it's good with me. Again, good little fun things going on. Don't know where the storylines are going to go, but that's why if you watch wrestling, that is why if you watch wrestling, you watch wrestling simply because you don't know where the story's going to go, and, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty unpredictable. So, uh, one thing that I've noticed, that now the summertime has gotten out, got to get sunglasses. Um, as I talked about, the mosquitoes are going to be coming soon. Um, it rained, like, Sunday. Horrible, violent storm in the morning. By the afternoon, me and my kids are playing outside, uh, throwing uh, inflatable balls at each other, and, uh, you know, having a good time, simply because it's Texas. So a horrible rainstorm comes through in the morning and then in the afternoon it's dried up enough because of the sun that uh, you can go out there and just, you know, kill it. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, as far as other things going on in my life, I just, um, I've got a lot of stuff working on my plate. I, I find that I'm starting to not compartmentalize, but schedule my time a lot more, um, a lot, I'm a lot more scheduled uh, rigorously. So uh, like for instance, I wake up at, uh, 10, somewhere in that range. Um, have my morning routine, brush your teeth, uh, you know, wipe your face off, get you, get, wake up, you know, put some, put some water on your face. Um, you know, usually I shave in my car. Um, you know, I obviously get dressed for work, get ready to work, head out the door, uh, play my GPS. Um, that way I'm not late or, you know, I know which, where I'm going, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, hit the work go to work, work all day, eat, 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 um, eat the breakfast, eat and lunch, and then go ahead and finish up your day and eat. Um, and again, I, I work, I work about 11 hours a day. And then with the extra drive, it's about 12 to 12. So for instance, uh, right now I'm, I'm on 14. Um, it's almost eight o'clock right now at night. I woke up at 5:55 this morning and, um, you know, I was, I was go, go, go. So me trying to fit in a, fit in a running schedule is going to be very tough. I'm going to have to do some, some adjustments at work to where, um, I'm getting off a little bit earlier. That way I can compact the extra 25 minutes that I'm going to need to run. So I need to find 20 to 30 minutes in my day to run. And, um, you know, it's going to be very metric for me. I've got 30 minutes to run. Um, you know, it's going to be five minutes to prep, uh, 25 minutes to run five minutes to uh, cool down and then to drive home or get home to my hometown five minutes to, to run uh, you know 25 minutes to, or five minutes to get prepped 25 minutes to run uh, five minutes to cool down or 10 minutes to cool down because cool downs are a little bit longer and it's 35 minutes out of my day that I'm gonna devote to that now meal prepping um, it's gonna be probably a Sunday thing I'm gonna start experimenting with different foods um, this week put in the work of making like macaroni and cheese and all these different um, all these different uh, foods and then split them up into containers and and take it to eat and and literally have food containers ready to go uh, you know I, I really want to get into rice um, you know rice macaroni and cheese I want to have some beans um, you know I can even see myself making like um, some beans uh, you know Hispanic beans doing some tortillas um, and also making um, uh, like egg and bean, egg and bean tacos, um, you know, maybe two or three times a day. To, you know, the, the good thing about beans is when you make those, uh, they can go for different meals. You can have them straight up. You can make some with eggs, which is what I traditionally like to do is make beans and eggs. Um, 
You know, I don't really like having things with cheese because cheese seems to spoil. And if eggs, if you cook it through, then it's already cooked. So, um, you know, potatoes, I definitely would like, um, you know, maybe some blanched or baked potatoes um, along with it. So I could go potato, egg, and bean um, taco um, and, and really have a good solid breakfast meal three times a week. And then, you know, you, you have your rice, your beans, your chicken. Problem is with chicken, uh, you know, if you boil it, that's consistent. You're going to boil chicken all the time. Um, and I, I mean, I like the grilled chicken meat, the breast meat. I think that's going to be my first option. Uh, and then I can also cut that up, saute it, maybe put some, um, different kinds of pepper and lemon with it and then like roll it into a noodle. So then that would be like your, your really base starch. So, um, you know, chicken Parmesan, chicken Alfredo, chicken Alfredo is probably the best route that I'm going to go get some Alfredo sauce you know, uh, make a lot of linguine pasta and then go ahead and, you know, get some, some, um, what's it called? Some, uh, some, some base uh, breast chicken and then have that, have that going. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting because I really think that it could work for me. Um, and I'm excited about trying it out. I'm excited about getting a base meal plan, uh, smaller portions or at least portions that are smaller, uh, you know, for me and, and trying to get on a regular eating schedule. So for instance, from the time of, um, six to seven, I am consuming my breakfast. I'm getting my juices. I'm getting my food. I'm getting my water in, um, from the time of, you know, maybe I have a snack at, if I eat at six or six thirty, maybe I have, or seven, let's say seven, maybe I have a snack at 10, and then I would eat uh, the he not a heavy meal, but a nutritious meal, like at one thirty or two. Um, and then after that, I would take another snack at three or three thirty, with you know two bottles of water. Because when I get off at of work at five or six, I'm going to be running. When I get done with running, then it's recovery. You know, you go into maybe like your night snack, your night food, your dinner, um, and whatever. I don't know what that looks like. Um, bad thing about my diet is I do eat a lot of fast food and that's something that I'm trying to actively stop but you know we're gonna see I'm really again I'm I'm gonna have to map out some some recipes some things that I can make a lot of and then cut it up I'm gonna need portion sized uh, Tupperware or glassware I prefer uh, Tupperware because you know it's plastic it's easy to, 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 to clean uh, glass if you drop it again there goes your dinner so then you have to find something um, it, it's hydration for me is gonna be a, a key I'm gonna need to find um, more hydration um, my, my work has bottles of water that they pretty much hand out and um, you know I think I'm pretty good with that I just gotta start making a conscious effort to drink X amount you know uh, every day you know one two three you know however many bottles I think eight is the recommendation for uh, people. I'll probably end up starting off with four and then my body will build up to about six. And then when I run, obviously, you know, you sweat and then you urinate afterwards. But, um, you know, just normal functions. That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. So I'll put a little bit of time on, um, let's see, I'm off on Wednesday. Uh, so probably Wednesday morning after a run, I'm going to look at... Um, trying to get that going and and seeing what happens and how I can positively affect it but you know that's that's kind of where I'm at with that and I'm excited for that uh, it's another thing that I'm just trying to focus in on I was reading something the other day and was talking about Warren Buffett's uh, top five strategies how he compartmentalizes and how he breaks things down and and really you just write down your top 20 30 things that you really want to do and the key thing about that is you don't go to number 15 until you've done at least the top three to five right you don't go to seven until you've done the first five you know or six right you sequentially say okay everything i'm gonna do is focus on number one and everything i'm gonna do is i'm gonna focus on number two and everything i'm gonna do is i'm gonna focus on three and then four and then five and then six and eventually you get to 12 out of 30 uh, when you would have gotten maybe only two actually completed, it's a it's a fascinating it's a fascinating idea uh, because it it works for short and long term goals. Uh, I find myself writing down things like in the course of a day, 
what could I be accomplishing? What should I be doing? Excuse me. And um, and I just kind of take a a list and say, okay, one, two, three, four, and I only get maybe none of them done because I started doing four and then I worked on two and then I looked at three and I started doing an investigation for one and then I went back to four because I could almost complete it but then I remembered two is almost done and it's and it ends up being just a um, a very long slog of organ of organ of organizing and and it becomes really difficult for me to execute and I'm really looking at executing 2019. Again, it's something that I'll look into and it's something that I'll try to execute here in 2019 because um, anything that's trying to get me better day after day after day is something worth doing and something worth at least investing my time in because in 10 years, you know, I may not be working at the same place, I may not be um, doing the same thing, I may not live in the same area, but what I can be is a better version of myself and um, I think that's, that's pretty powerful to really consider at the end of the day because if you're not trying to get better then what really are you here to do I mean, like, what are you here for um, you know yeah you could be a, a good parent but if you're not trying to become a great parent then I think you're wasting your time or your priorities are fucked either way um, I don't think you're really being about uh, you know you're not in, increasing your value I mean you have intrinsic value of being a human being and a person and somebody who's born here and, and yeah you, everybody's flawed and, and I get that but uh, the person to me is the person who is the complacent one the one who doesn't want to do the extra work to get better or to get ahead or who isn't fascinated by trying to make themselves better and I, I get it I mean that's that's kind of downing a lot of people in some ways but I mean I'm not saying you as a person is bad I'm just saying that your outlook on life is skewed or damaged and I can help you I can try to help you but for most part I've noticed that it's people who are not really engaged or even conscious of the life that they're living or, or the, the mentality that they have and it, it's sad in some ways but it's also frustrating and it's a very big cautionary tale don't be that guy you know I work with a guy who um, doesn't really come to work all too often uh, he's late, um, you know, he doesn't invest in doing and changing and, and trying to get the, um, try to get focused on some of the things that we need to be focused on, and, like, I mean, yes, business is all about revenue, and driving revenue, and repeating revenue, and increasing sales, and increasing customers, and different things like that, I mean, that's basic business, I don't care if you're working in Payless Shoes, and you sold a thousand shoes in a month last year. They want a thousand. They want you to sell it for three percent more than what you did last year, or two percent more, whatever the increased percentage is. You know, no business ever wants to take an L, and no business ever wants to be unprofitable. By that means, is, is you know, your all of the expenses that you have to run that business, detracted from the revenue that you have uh, from selling product from your business. That's your revenue. That's how much you get. So. Total sales, $100,000. Take away expenses, which is lights, income, water, or lights, property, income, ah, lights, income, uh, sorry, not income. I keep saying income, and that's the wrong word. It's like lights, labor, uh, water, utilities, utilities, that's what I was trying to say. Um, property taxes, taxes to run the business, uh, marketing, different, different stuff that you buy. Uh, from your business, for your business, um, you know, shop supplies or, or expenses, uh, office supplies, whatever it is. You take all of those things in a month, you subtract it by how much sales you brought in, it gives you a number, and that's your, you know, essentially your gross margin, how much, um, you know, how much money you made. Um, and, and that's a positive, you're making money. Now, how much money you need to make, um, that's arbitrary to company to company. Some people are fine with you making you know, 17%. Uh, some people want 85%. Again, different structure, different business. You know, if you're selling something um, like air conditioners that cost, oh, maybe let's just say an air conditioner costs four grand for a company to buy from the manufacturer. And they go and they say, hey, you need a new air conditioner. You got an air conditioning guy comes out, gets you a new one, he puts it in for 30 grand. 
well, there's some significant money made. There's $30,000 made off of a four to $5,000 unit. You know, take away the labor, take away the expense costs, take away all the other stuff. You end up making maybe, you know, seventeen dollars to $20,000 off of it. Maybe a little less. Maybe it's $14,000 per unit, you know, per sale. Um, so, you know, the profit on that is $14,000 uh, subtracting from, you know, thirty-five. That feels about 40%, maybe 50-ish percent. You know, half of 30 is 15. So you add an extra five, I would, I'd probably call like 43%, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and, and that's fair. I mean, and their markup and their, their gross margin, their, their profitable margin is 43%. Their business operates at 43%. Now, if the company automatically says, yeah, you know, we need to make more money and we need to cut expenses, so the gas siphon um, goes away, so you're responsible for your own, and maybe the um, the repairs, it's not a fleet vehicle anymore, you know, you got to pay for your own vehicle repairs now, okay, well, you fit the bill for that, and then it's like, well, you know, um, the, the, let's say they were getting a General Electric and they switched over to... Westinghouse or, you know, another huge manufacturer. <clears throat> okay, well, that's going to be instead of five grand, you, you get it for three fifty or $3,500. Um, you know, that's going to help you. It's going to help cost. You'll put money back in your pocket. And then maybe in some of them, instead of selling them for 35000 maybe you're selling them for uh, $47,000, which is an increase of, you know, damn near 15 20%. Jacking up the price, hey, you're gonna, you're gonna sell it for a lot more. Uh, and you got if you if, if you jack up the price and then you cut costs by how much the unit costs, you're you're obviously making more profit. And you can pass that along to the salesperson, which keeps them hungry to hear and motivated. Or in this play, in this case, the store employees or you know store managers or you know uh, reps, representatives, uh, company workers, whatever it is, whatever the model that you're in. Looks good. Looks really good. And, um, you know, everybody gets a, a bigger slice of the pie. But at the same time, if revenues are down and you're not bringing in money, things get tight, labor gets cut. So let's use the fast food restaurant example. Um, let's say it's Jack in the Box. I worked at Jack in the Box when I was in high school. Um, let's say you employ eight people to work at Jack in the Box uh, during a normal day shift. Well, and that's based off of you making uh, $10,000 a day. So eight people. Or let's just say $8,000 a day, right? Let's just make it fair and easy. Um, so everybody, it takes $1,000 per person revenue. So if sales are slow and you're only making six, well, you only have enough money really to pay for six people. So you can't have eight. So what happens? You cut the shift. Yeah, John, John, just don't show up on Tuesday, man. We're going to we need to cut it down a bit, bro. We just need to, need to have it relaxed a bit. Okay, well, that's cool, but then John's going to be like, hey, man, if y'all don't need me, I can go find something else and get a side hustle. If he's motivated, you know, whatever. Or if he's good with it, ah, I got an extra day off. Maybe he's a college kid says, ah, you know, i got to study for the exam because uh, I'm becoming a doctor and I need, don't need to ever work at Jack in the Box again, yada, 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 right? Whatever it is, um, motivation, intrinsic motivation by that. But from a business standpoint, it's like, okay, revenues are down. Uh, they still expect me to make 8000 um, and they still expect uh, a number conducive with that. They, today they expect to make six grand off of $8,000 that they got in. So you have $2,000 to play with, whether expenses or lights, rent, electricity, water, um, labor, all that good stuff. You got two grand to spend on that today. How do you spend it? What do you spend it on? And uh, the sad part is it really comes down to numbers. If you're not a numbers-oriented person, um, some things about business will escape you because it really comes down to tactile uh, XYZ numbers. Um, you know, businesses are going to be profitable. They will be profitable above anything else. You know, yes, you can have a hard free people. Yeah, you can have, you know, you can have... Um, the, the best idea in mind for helping out your fellow man and you know your business might be employee oriented but at the end of the day if the lights aren't on and you can't keep the doors open nobody gets paid so it is better 
to make sure that the top six people are, are, are taken care of and insured and, and paid and, and taken care of than all eight of them out on the street. And, and yes, it's got a little bit of utilitarianism in, utilitarianism in it, but it's, it's really uh, a game theory concept of, you know, you got to do what's best for the group, but also for yourself. So, and this is where the fat cats of Wall Street come in. So, you know, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do the best thing that they can for the group. Um, we're gonna make sure that Merrill Lynch is still investing people's money with confidence. But they also want that 120 billion dollar fucking bonus. They also want the 1.7 million dollar bonus. And you know, they're gonna cut 70 people out of 130 offices and lay off 70, you know, 70 people at each warehouse and there's 15 warehouses. And they're going to do the extreme measures, the harsh measures that come up on a spreadsheet so that those numbers work. You know, they never put the heart or the face behind the people that they're letting go, which again makes it easier for them to do it. Um, it's like a scene in Moneyball when uh, the Moneyball was a movie that came out. Brad Pitt starred as a um, GM, general manager for the Oakland A's. It was a year where they set baseball records by doing safer metrics. What we know now in the Major League Baseball as safer metrics. Uh, analyzing different parts, different points of the game in order to try to predict people's and see people's stats. And it's more than on-base percentage and everything like that. They started with that, but it's evolved more into... Um, you know, this guy hits a fastball 93% of the time, you know, on 3-0 pitches. You know, whatever it is. You know, that's the safer metrics what we know now. But the movie is based off of this guy moving and, and trying to change the game uh, before baseball wanted him to change the game. So in that movie, there's a part where he has to come off cold. He talks about firing people and he talks about letting them go. He's like, hey, man, they're all professional ball players, baseball players. And he's telling his assistant GM to fire people. And um, the GM's like, man, I don't want to fire people. It's part of your job, you know. The physics, the biggest example that he puts in is it's so poetic. He goes, would you rather be shot in the head, take one to the head, or shot three times in the chest and bleed out? It's a suffering question. If you had to die, and uh, the, you know the assistant manager, you know the assistant GM makes it, those are my only two options. And he's like, he's got to be straight with people. Professional ball players, they can take it, you know. So they go through an exercise of trying to fire people, and it's it's very straightforward. You just say, "Hey, I'm gonna let you go." You know, you've been traded to Oakland. Or, hey, you've been you can sit down. Jack and marketing is gonna take care of the details, or whatever. Now, in every day-to-day -day life, it's not gonna be the same thing. You won't, you know, sit in a in a room and be like, "Hey, you know, Sean's gonna take care of the details." You, you have to take care of the details, um, especially if you're one-on-one. -on -one, if you run your own business. If you're managing your own business, if you're managing a business for an organization, a corporation, an owner, you know, franchisee, whatever it is, um, that is the sole responsibility of an individual in charge is to make sure that the employees, yada yada yada, is straight up. Now, the problem that a lot of people have is that in instances where they should say, "I've got the balls, I've got to do it." They don't. And then the times where they want to show that they're the man, that they're in charge, that they're the person, they should hold back. They should show restraint. Um, you know, I've been in retail and in management for a long time, very long time. In fact, and it's the most poetic way of saying it. Do you want one to the head or three to the chest? Don't make excuses. Listen, Jill, you showed up late every day. Since 2019 started, you know, we've had 70, 80 days. And of those 80 days, you've been you've been absent four out of every five days that you've been scheduled. So you work a five-day work week, and let's just say it's March. So let's just say it's the beginning of March. And, you know, that's 60 days. So it's like, listen, of every week that you've been here, you're scheduled five days. Okay. Four of those five days, you've shown up late. I mean, not even close to on time. And one out of every five days, you haven't been here for your shift. And, and when you break it down, it's like one out of every eight or one out of every nine. So I'd be like, one out of every nine days, you're not working with us. You know, four out of every five days, you're partying or not here. So when you start breaking it down like that, 
it's a really powerful tool. It's a really, it's a really good way to help people understand, you know, what's going on. But if you're not a numbers person, you won't. I guess you can uh, explain numbers, and you can be successful. I'm not saying you won't, but to me, when it comes to looking at logistics of actually running a business, there's a lot of numbers there. And yeah, you can get an accountant, and yeah, but a lot of people are getting screwed over because their accountant did X, Y, and Z, and they couldn't look at a checkbook and balance it. could balance a number. And like I said, in 10 years, you know, 15 years when maybe I'm running my own business or maybe I'm managing uh, managing an organization or managing uh, a franchise or managing an owner's business um, at the highest level, because I do that now, but you know, maybe it's a little bit for more money and maybe it's a bigger operation, organization. It's it's my responsibility. It's my it's my responsibility to make sure that these things are moving in the right direction, to make sure that these things are um, are, are 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 actually we're hitting profitability, right? Are we hitting our number? If the number is 12, 12 percent of profit, okay. If the number is 37, number 77. There's always a way to get. And sometimes you have to use harsh and ruthless measures. You do. Sometimes you have to say, hey man, listen, I, I need you to go home. It's 11 o'clock today, it's 10 o'clock. I, I need you gone. I do, I need you gone. I can't, I can't have you, um, I can't have you stay on the clock. I gotta go, you know I mean? You gotta go, well, so-and-so, and it's unfair, and it's, hey, I know, I realize that, but this is the reality of the situation. This is where we live, this is where we are, so, um, sorry, um, you know, it's really, it's not good. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, and those conversations are hard. Those things are really difficult to, um, they're really difficult to maintain. Um, but like I said, it's it's something that's a part of the job that's necessary. One to the head or through the chest and bleed out. You know, which what's going to hurt you more? Having a, a roundabout conversation or coming straight up and saying, hey, Scott, hey, John, hey, Barry. Or whatever it is, you just sit down, man. Listen, you've been late. You can't have that anymore. That's your final warning. Go ahead and sign here. It's very straightforward. Hey, Bob, listen, man. Um, you're not following any of the procedures. You're not following any of the policies. You've you know, violated X, X, and X policy. Not acceptable. It's the last time it's going to happen, man. You know these things are, are not negotiable. The only reason why we're talking to you about this because you deserve this opportunity to change. You deserve to. To show that you can um, behave within, you know, parameters of the job, and I, I feel like you can do it. So, um, you know, this is going to be it for you, though. Uh, next time it happens, you know, you're gone. It, it can't, it can't happen again. Um, very, very straightforward, very simple, but at the same time, powerful. Powerful ways of communicating. Powerful ways of, of getting your point across without being rude or. Uh, again, that's most people don't see business in terms of like, oh, you should want to fire me because you need to get rid of me. And yes and no. I need to get rid of you, but here are all the reasons why we need to get rid of you. And I'm actually not getting rid of you. I'm actually releasing you from this position so you can find what it is you love and what it is that makes you happy because I don't think that this job was that. Um, and and I, like I said, I, I, it's been told to me. Uh, after the fact, I, I go back and say, God, I wasted so many years of my life doing that. And I was miserable and I hated it. And it was uh, this and this and this and this. And um, I, I think that I can actually love my job. I just know that I need to clean things up in my personal life, financial, financial wise, to where I don't need to have to have a job like the things that I do now. Right. I don't have to have a job where <clears throat> it, it has to pay an X amount and I've got to be out there for X amount of time and X amount of years and X amount of uh, hours. Like, geez, I, Honestly, I hate working like 15 hours a day. Just think about it. Like I said, it was 8. It's 8 something. Uh, it's right. It just turned 8 a little bit ago. 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's been 12 hours at least. Plus the extra two hours that I did when I drove, got up and drove. Um, that's 14 hours right there alone. By the time I get home in another you know, 25 minutes, um, 
it's it's gonna be done. And I know people are listening, thinking, ah, you're just bitching about your job. But I think I'm not. I think it's liberating to know that at some point I won't have to do it anymore. So it helps the um, it helps the the BS like it, it does. It helps the grind um, a lot more. You know, starting up a small business, starting up a small hustle, a side hustle, something to get things pushing is exciting to me. And I, I can't wait for the time to where I clean stuff up to where I can go ahead and push out X amount, X amount of money, X amount of time, X amount of uh, A, B, and C, you know? And um, again, I, I can't wait for the opportunity. I can't wait for the time to, to take care of it and get it done. And it's gonna be glorious. It really is. It's gonna be glorious when I can, um, when I can step out uh, off of what I've been doing retail management business you know and then go find a business and say hey I love what you're doing I love what you do I've done this 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 and this in my past I feel like I could come in and really help push your organization I tried it once and it didn't turn out very well um, simply because it was more of a dream opportunity that I didn't base it in reality the reality is I need to make X amount of money, I need to do you know, X, Y, and Z, I need to be able to afford my lifestyle. And I mean lifestyle in not the sense that I'm out buying diamond rings or anything, but I mean it in the sense that, um, you know, baby's got to eat, um, you know, bills have to get paid, the water has to stay on, that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a certain number. I need X amount of money every month for X, Y, Z, LMOP kind of stuff. Um, so with that all being said, you have to you have to realize that once that is not there anymore, it's liberating. You don't have that number to hit anymore. You have a base number. So between lights, water, electricity, which which is lights, um, basic food consumption, basic gas consumption, um, you know, uh, other basic things, uh, you know, random expenses having your oil change regularly, having your um, sticker expire, expiration sticker go, tires rotated, new tires or something from driving, you know, all those things get factored in as extra money, but you can kind of plan for those things, house taxes, property taxes, um, birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, parties, um, movie expenses, different things like that. You can always sit down and say, well, I'm gonna put $40 in an envelope or you know, $65 in an envelope or whatever it is every month. And then at some point when you need to cash it in, it's like, oh man, I got like $500 in here. Okay. Um, you can start doing that. It's just a little bit more difficult. Um, and, and like I said, when you've got to pay people out, it's, it's hard. When you have to pay X, Y, and Z bill, it's hard. If you got a car payment, got to pay the car payment. You got a loan, gotta pay the loan. You know, you got a student loan bill, gotta go pay a student loan. You know, credit cards, gotta pay credit cards, whatever it is. You know, whatever normal shit that most people have to pay off. You're your debt, your slave debt, you're slave to debt. And um and, and once you break those, it's freeing, it's it's exuberant, and you know that's gonna be my 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 debt journey with my wife is trying to get out of that stuff. A lot of medical debt from the boys' surgeries. My two children had um, surgeries when they were young on their kidneys, and um, you know it's something that I was in a good position to um, to have fortunate, very lucky people um, step into my life and help me. Uh, family members and different people that reached out, different people that contributed money and support, and prayers and. It was a good. It was a good time in my life, but it, at the worst time of my life, watching my kids go through things that I can't help them with. It's not like they're doing algebra. It's something physically that I can't help them with. You know, I was willing to give up blood. I was willing to give up you know, parts of whatever I needed to give up in order to get my kids um, healthy. And one of the saddest parts is when they, when you know that they're your children, but you don't share. You know, the donating, the donation. Um, that kind of stuff is, you know, I'm O positive. I actually am O negative, to be honest with you. 
I think I'm, I am the universal blood donor in my family to where I, I can donate to anybody, but only O negative people can, <laughs> can donate to me. And um, anyway, I think we kind of dipped on a somber note, and I really don't want to go into that right now. So I think I will wrap this episode of Drive Time up. It's been 50 minutes. And uh, we've talked about a lot of different random stuff. This is quick hits. You know, we do this every now and then. We jump from subject to subject to subject. We talked about WrestleMania. We talked about running. We talked about dieting and getting on a schedule. We talked about um, we talked about business. And we talked about uh, running a business and, and looking at labor and looking at costs, looking at profits, why people do that. You know, we gave some good examples there. Uh, talked a little bit about my kids. And uh, we talked about debt freedom what that looks like uh, we talked about exactly the feeling of exuberance and the, the feeling of elation that you have when you can um, make those changes in your life and don't worry I'm gonna tell you all about it when I get there um, you know because it'll happen I know 100% it's gonna happen to me um, and when it happens I'm on the journey right now don't think I'm not um, when it happens it's gonna happen and you're going to know all about it. And I, I welcome you in that. I welcome you to, to write me back, hit me up. Um, I know I don't give any tags. I, at this point, I don't have a Twitter. I don't have an, Insta, an Instagram account. Uh, I have a Facebook account, a personal account. Uh, that's about it. That's about it. You know, if you ever find me on Facebook, send me a private message saying drive time in the title. I'll be like, oh, snap, somebody listens to my shit. <laughs> so my listeners on my random podcast, and um, you know that's that's probably how it acts. Oh man, I'm actually getting questions from Drive Time or Drive Time listeners. Um, it, it would like freak me out. Watch in another six years if this podcast ever gets known, like known, um, I'm gonna get a Facebook message saying, "Hey man, what's up?" You know that episode 13 or whatever it was. You kind of said, "Hey, hit me up." hitting you up like oh snap like I totally forgot about all that <laughs> anyway um, this has been drive time I'm signing off I'll catch you down the road and uh, see you next time all right bye.